Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Out of all of the seasons of the year, I think that spring has got to be the most sensual, the most alive. It's a full sensory experience. The bird song at the moment is just uh, so magical. Just waking up in the morning and hearing these choruses, chirping choruses of, of birds, each with a, with a, different, a different song. And the blossoms on the trees, the smells, the sights, and that, that kind of feeling in the air, it's very unique to, to spring. And we're here in the middle of Pesach, the middle of Passover. And Passover is always in the spring. The Jewish calendar is constructed, even though it's a lunar calendar, with this solar adjustment so that Pesach will always be in the spring. In fact, the month of Nisan is also known as Chodesh Aviv, the month of the spring. And Aviv is a time of awakening, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's waking up. Aviv is such an interesting word in Hebrew because it's sometimes understood to be Av Yud Bet, which means the father of 12. And so even though in the Jewish calendar we we think of Rosh Hashanah as being the new year, which is in Tishrei, in the fall. Actually, Nisan is really considered to be to be the new year in, in, in another way. And so the spring is the beginning of the year, which makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of new beginnings. We see a new birth, little baby calves all around the place, kids in the uh, in the goat barns blossoms and buds on the trees new shoots springing up through the earth it's an exciting time it really is and of course so much of the imagery around pesach is is connected to that new life to the spring there actually you know among the the whole kind of canon of of brachot of blessings there's one that's traditionally only said during the month of Nisan. And it's such a powerful one. It's kind of intoxicating a little bit. It's the blessing that we say when we see blossoms on fruit-bearing tree for the first time in the year. And the blessing says, which is how most Jewish blessings begin. Blessed are you, eternal one, uh, sovereign of the universe. And then it says, that has left nothing missing in God's world. Has left nothing lacking from this world. And has created, in that world, has created beautiful creatures which is often understood to be human beings but it could really be any creatures and beautiful trees for human beings Bnei Adam, literally the the sons of Adam 
people to enjoy them. The implication of the blessing, of course, is that blossoms are only there for our enjoyment, which, um, of course, is not entirely true. They do, even though they're, they're beautiful, I guess they don't have to be as beautiful as they are, the blossoms, but because uh, they also serve a pollination factor, and I think they're attractive to the, to the bees and other pollinators too. But, but this, this idea that, you know, it's like a dienu, you know, at the Seder we say dienu. It would have been enough, you know, it would have been enough if uh, we'd come out of Egypt, but we crossed the Red Sea. It would have been enough if we crossed the Red Sea, but we got the Torah, you know, but the, it would have been enough if there'd been uh, beautiful trees in the world, but there are blossoms on those trees. You know, that's kind of the implication, dienu, the implication of that, that blessing. Like there's, it's so, the world is so rich especially at this time of year, the spring, the world is so rich that everything is, is an explosion of the senses, including uh, that blossom on the trees. And so we, we say that. And it invites us into this idea, you know, there's one of the liturgical accompaniments of uh, Pesach is Shiha Shirim, the song, the song of songs. The Song of Songs attributed traditionally to, to Solomon, to Shlomo HaMelech. And it's this incredibly sensual love poem. And there's this whole idea like why would we associate this specifically to, to Pesach? It comes from the third section of the Tanakh of the Hebrew Bible, the Ketuvim, the writings. And there's this very famous teaching by Rabbi Akiva in the Mishnah, who 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 says in defending its place, in, in defending the place of a of an erotic, actually love song, a love poem, in the Hebrew Bible. Rabbi Kiva says all of the books in Ketuvim, in the section of the writings, are holy, but Shir Hashirim is Kadosh Kadoshim. The Song of Songs is the holy of holies the inner sanctum, as it were. And so there's a lot of mystery around it, and it's considered to be metaphorical um, in some ways about a relationship between Israel and the divine, the idea that the, the male lover, the male lover is, um, is God and the female lover is, is, is uh, the Israelite people. But there's also, just on a surface level, it is just about this incredibly exciting love affair between two young lovers and that excitement that we can associate with the spring, with a kind of awakening and an arousal is, is very, very powerful, you know. Traditionally, um, Shiashirim is read on the Shabbat of Cholomoy, the Shabbat that comes in the middle of Pesach. This year there is not a Shabbat actually in the middle of Pesach. So we read it on the last day. I, I was going to read a little bit, actually, from a, this tr a new translation by Ariel and Hannah Bloch um, of the Song of Songs, which is, um, I think, a very powerful translation. I'm going to read some of it. Kiss me. Make me drunk with your kisses. Your sweet loving is better than wine. 
you are fragrant, you are myrrh and aloes, all the young women want you. Take me by the hand, let us run together. My lover, my king, has brought me into his chambers. We will laugh, you and I, and count each kiss better than wine. Every one of them wants you. I am dark, daughters of Jerusalem, and I am beautiful. Dark as the tents of Kedar, lavish as Solomon's tapestries. Do not see me only as dark. The sun has stared at me. My brothers were angry with me. They made me guard the vineyards. I have not guarded my own. Tell me, my only love, where do you pasture your sheep? Where will you let them rest in the heat of noon? Why should I lose my way among the flocks of your companions? Loveliest of women, if you lose your way, follow in the tracks of the sheep, graze your goats in the shade of the shepherd's tents. My love, I dreamed of you as a mare, my very own among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheekbones, those looped earrings, that string of beads at your throat. I will make you golden earrings with silver filigree. My king lay down beside me, and my fragrance wakened the night. All night between my breasts my love is a cluster of myrrh, a sheaf of henna blossoms in the vineyards of Engedi. And you, my beloved, how beautiful you are, your eyes are doves. You are beautiful, my king, and gentle wherever we lie. Our bed is green, our roof beams are cedar, our rafters fir. That was chapter one <laughs> of Shia Hashirim, a translation by Ariel and Hanabloch. It's so amazing, and I just feel like after the the first part of Pesach is so much about that that preparation, the the the, the preparing, the the cleaning, the the searching for the chametz, the burning the chametz, the the work that many of us. Uh, engage in to get ready for the Seder, then sitting at the Seder and going late into the night, uh, some of us, and reading that story and imagining ourselves um, coming out of Egypt. And then somehow something shifts and we go into this spring-like, youthful fantasy, perhaps. I think that the combination of that wonderful blessing over the blossoms and Shia Hashirim there's something so hopeful about it if you think of these these young lovers so excited so so aroused you know that there's something secretive and mystical and transcendent about their their love affair and the idea that even though it is indeed talking about human love, the idea that it could also be this, this divine metaphor, like how, how could we have every day a sort of fresh, spring-like, youthful, 
excitement about engaging with the world about seeing this this beautiful planet that we live on and its majesty at this time of year in the spring and how that can translate into a relationship with the divine however we might see that how we might treat uh, God treat our spiritual practice our prayer practice as if we were engaging sort of romantic words with a lover and the fact that this is all somehow part of the the cycle of this of this festival where we eat matzah this festival that the rabbis calls man chayotainu the season of our freedom that part of being free is to have the freedom to express that excited kind of youthful love and and to see it in in in, in our world to walk around this world and feel aroused by its beauty that's the invitation i think of spring and that's the invitation of pesach and and of this blessing and of song of songs we also on on the first day of of pesach we traditionally recite the the special tefillat tal the prayer for dew and dew also has this quality this idea that there's just this mysterious moisture mysterious moisture that just sort of comes down in the night someone mentioned to me the other day that in parts of california the massive sequoia trees in some places are are nourished only by the dew not something i i really understand from a, a sort of botanical basis but there's something so powerful about this idea rain is 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 so much more tangible it's so much more understandable in a way you know moisture gets evaporated it goes into the clouds the clouds the clouds release the rain in certain circumstances but the dew is is seen in jewish tradition as a kind of heavenly gift that's just bestowed on us whether we deserve it or not there's this kind of connection between dew tal and chain grace something that just comes as this this gift this divine gift dripping dripping down mysteriously in the night and creating moisture and we pray for it because you know in the dry season in the dry season we we want the moisture to be able to to nourish the crops but there's something more than that too it seems to connect to this whole cycle of of spring as well you know in a way where that moisture is a is a spiritual central idea too that we're kind of somehow appealing to that divine will to to feed us this dripping almost honey-like moisture of the of the tal that can come into our landscapes the 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 prayer of the of the of rain and of dew comes into a blessing the sec the second blessing of the amida um, the central prayer that we pray three times a day traditionally and the that second blessing is in traditional liturgies is is part of the mechayeh hametim the idea that there's there's a force that can bring back life which 
in some other liturgies it's sort of it's changed matim to hakol because there's this this kind of notion that we we don't believe in the resurrection of the dead but I, I think it's so limiting to see it just as a resurrection of the dead because there's this idea that the dew the spring it's all about bringing life into a world that can feel dead sometimes it's so easy to feel a sense of hopelessness and despair in the world but the spring gives us this renewed hope as if we can say no there is a mechaia meeting we can bring back to life that which we have dismissed as being as being dead and forgotten there's this beautiful idea expressed in the tell not an idea really this 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 incredible reality in the Talmud that says that you know if you imagine really dry parched earth with cracks in it it's so dry and in the rainy season if one drop of rain penetrates the earth and yes there is a you know a, a, a deliberately sexual kind of tone to that this penetration of the earth a drop of rain penetrates deep in to the earth and it can find there a seed that has laid dormant for hundreds of years and it can penetrate that seed and bring it back to life and we, we, we see this sometimes in in desert landscapes that have been dried out if suddenly some rain come it can bring back to life these incredible desert flowers and so there is this powerful connection between all of this this bringing back to life the dew the blossoms on the trees the exciting young lovers poetry of Shia Shirim and it's all here in in this this week of, of Pesach you know we're, we're crunching away on the on the on the matzah and <laughs> sometimes there's this sort of like um, for some of us I know there's this sort of feeling of always being a bit hungry on Pesach I don't really know why but always like wanting to nosh whatever our favorite things are to, to put on to matzah always wanting to nosh but maybe that hunger is is connected to that 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 hunger that yearning that that desire that sensuality that is awaking us at uh, this time of year as we're celebrating this this spring festival you know it's not just a festival of freedom it's a festival of spring of rebirth so as we as we go more deeply into it let's um let's imagine the the pieces of ourselves that we want to bring back into birthing to 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 bring back to life in the winter months there are bits of us that sort of close down you know we're not bears although i feel like a bear sometimes but we we're not actually hibernating but we might feel like we want to hibernate and there's something about waking up in the spring and so you know which which parts of ourselves spiritually emotionally physically do we want to wake up so we can fully engage with this with this season as we continue to celebrate pesach i'm going to end with singing the the melody that i use to to pray for dew this year which is 
um, a melody that I learned from Rabbi Aviva Richmond that she learned from Rabbi Menachem Goldberger in Baltimore. And it's a melody that accompanies that prayer of which is the, the paragraph that talks about bringing, bringing back life to the, to the dead. And the idea of seeing God as a force who um, supports those who have fallen down, who heals, who heals the sick, and uh, unties the ones who are bound up releases the bound and that too is a, a metaphor for spring maybe there's there's ways in which we've been constricted during the winter and we're going to unbound ourselves and be a little freer yeah da da Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.